Hey, y'all, I'm going to take a second to give a quick shout out to the official mortgage lender of the Hunt Lift Deep podcast. That's Casey Burns of Prime Lending Mortgage. I've known Casey for 10 years and he's the only lender I use. I've used Casey to purchase two houses and the process has been seamless and easy each time. He's the heart of an educator and he truly cares about what's best for his clients. He specializes in VA loans, but can handle FHA, conventional investment loans as well. He's a true expert and specialist in his field and there's no one I recommend more than Casey. You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com. Reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.closewithkc.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. Tonight, we have a great episode with another great guest. But first, I have a few of our repeat offenders joining me. We got uh, team member Scotty Ising coming from the great state of California. What's going on, Scotty? What's up, Bobby? Happy to be here tonight. Um, got a great podcast coming up. It's always a good time whenever we get a chance to chat. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited like you tonight. And then, of course, we got us from the great state of Kentucky, right, Josh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. I just want to make sure I didn't get your state wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now our guest tonight is an avid outdoorsman just like us who shares the love for hunting and the outdoors uh knows a thing or two about being a champion not only in the woods but on the field as well join us tonight caleb knight how are you man doing good doing good happy to be here uh excited to uh have these conversations and get after it man I- I gotta say, you're you're joining us right after your postseason victory too. You got, I'm sure you're still uh, on a little bit of cloud nine there with your championship, and I appreciate you taking the time to jump on and just chat with us here. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, I was lucky enough to uh, win my third championship in four years of professional baseball. So uh, this was my second one in South Bend. My first one I won in Eugene, Oregon. So uh, my first year. So I've won in 18. Are 18, 19, and now 22. So I'll be getting my third ring in minor league baseball. That's awesome, man. Congrats on that. I know yeah. I was listening the other night and I heard you guys, uh, South Bend won two of the last three years. That's pretty wild, man. That's, uh, that's awesome stuff there. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. So why sure. don't you, uh, tell us a little bit about you and, and then we can kind of pick your brain a little bit. Yeah. Well, my name's Caleb Knight. I am from, uh, Shakota, Oklahoma, little town here in Oklahoma. Um, about three thousand people in our town. One of the uh, the uh, big names from my town is Carrie Underwood. I actually grew up with her, going to church together. She uh, used to sing choir in my church growing up. So uh, my mom sang backup for her in a few little concerts. But uh, that's a cool little name from our town. But man, not a whole lot around here uh, to do really. Small little town couple of restaurants got a walmart it's about all we have uh right next to a big lake one of the biggest man-made lakes in oklahoma so that's really where i fell in love with hunting and fishing and the outdoors and man when uh, i'm home especially for the off season it uh times up perfectly from october to about the end of january so that's perfect for duck season and i grew up uh on a small farm here, we had about a hundred head of cattle growing up. So we have about a hundred, 150 acres behind my parents' house. So I'll do a lot of, a lot of fishing out there, do some whitetail hunting. One of my good friends actually just shot a, shot a pretty good eight point, uh, two nights ago out, uh, out on our land there. So 
that keeps me busy until duck season. Once duck season starts, pretty much go full go from there. But uh, I went to a junior college about 20 minutes from here called Connor State, and then I was lucky enough to go to the University of Virginia from there, graduated from there, got my degree, and then signed with the Chicago Cubs in 2018 and been rolling in pro ball since then. So that's pretty much pretty much all I got there. Yeah, that's awesome right there, man. That's awesome stuff. Yeah, Caleb, when you're when you're home, uh, when you finally get the chance to come home after probably a long, hard season of, you know, working out and um, and just ball baseball every day, you know, when you do get a chance to come home a small town, are you um, are, are do people know who you are? Are they like, oh, there's that's Caleb. That's, uh, you know, that pro ball player. Or, or do you feel like it still has that small town, small town feel where you can kind of get home and and, uh, you know, kind of live your life, you know? Peacefully, I'd say. What's it like? Yeah, it uh, it definitely goes both ways. Uh, my first couple years, it was pretty, pretty like new to people. So I mean, every time I'd go to the grocery store, I'd always get stopped and have to have some conversations and just uh, like Friday night football games, I would go and just lots of lots of interactions and little kids and all kinds of stuff like that. But really, I mean, my town's awesome. They've, they, they handle it so good. And, you know, and that's one thing is they've never, they've never treated me differently. You know, it's like, they treat me just like I was when I was in high school here. So I'm very thankful for that. But, but no, it's, it's peaceful. I I love it here. I really enjoy coming home from the off season. It's a traveling around those big cities and stuff all the time. It's nice to get out here and just kind of lay low. And that's what I tell all my friends during the season. Like, I just, I can't wait to go home and not have to go anywhere for, for two months, you know, I don't want to leave my house and just want to stay here and put my boat in the water and take my dogs with me and go lay low. So that's really, it's really a nice place. And I enjoy it a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. You love to hear it. I mean, just, I just know how busy I imagine it, how busy it is and, um, and having a kind of a, a home, a safe place to come home and chill and do what you love to do and not have all these obligations hanging over you places to be and, and uh places to go and and whatnot but i i think it at the, i love that you have kind of a home to to head back to and go go duck hunt and deer hunt and do what you do i think it's awesome yes sir for sure yeah caleb i uh i had a couple questions man but you know first off scotty reached out to me and uh said you were a pro ball player and i'm a, I'm a high school baseball coach and kind of a baseball nut too man so i was uh pretty pretty excited to hop on get a chance to, to talk to you here um you know whenever you're uh i mean it, it's a grind and like you said you have a very small off season but um whenever you do have an opportunity to come home what's kind of what's what's your your go-to thing you want to get out in the field i know you mentioned hunting hunting ducks and, and white tails um you know i'm not super familiar with everything that oklahoma has to offer what uh you know what's your go-to when you first get back what's the thing you look forward to the most in your time off yeah when i first get home i mean first things first is uh i start start just getting getting everything ready everything out because i mean i'll get home usually beginning october so about a month until duck season will start here we have early till the end of september but i usually don't make it make it home for that so as soon as I get home, I really, I don't mess with whitetail too much just because I'm gone all summer and I don't get to do a lot of the preparation for that. But like I said, I've got a couple of buddies that are hunting on my, my land I have here. So I'll get out with them here and there and go, like I went out and helped track that deer the other night and just get out and be with them and 
get to kind of be a part of their journey on that. But uh, no, my, my go-to is definitely, definitely duck hunting. I get home, get everything ready. And I've got a uh, 10 year old lab and a two year old golden retriever right now that are, they're my girls. So my lab's been hunting with me ever since, since I was a sophomore in high school and she's getting old on me and the hips are starting to lock up. And then I got my, my golden retriever coming up. So that's the big thing really right now. I take them to the lake every single day. I live about 30 yards here from, from the lake. So I get up and take them down there and work them every morning. So really just getting them ready, getting all my, my stuff cleaned up, stuff in order. And then as soon as November 12th, when we open up. So as soon as that hits, be going about every day from, from there on. Absolutely, man. That's a, that's good stuff for sure. That's good stuff. Um, or do you do most of your, uh, your hunting in Oklahoma or have you, uh, you know, have you went, uh, different parts of the United States or what's that kind of look like? Yeah, I've, I've done all my hunting here. I've actually never hunted out of state. It's, a uh, I've had lots of offers and lots of people want me to, but it's my, my kind of thing is once I get home, cause I'm traveling six, seven months out of the year. So it's like when I get home, I want to just stay here. But, uh, I do want to venture off now as I, as I'm getting older. I bought a boat last year, so that definitely opens more opportunities as far as going out of state and traveling and stuff. But uh, no, for the most part, I stay I stay right here. Like I said, I live on a lake that's about 50, 60 miles from north to south, and just unlimited sloughs and creeks and all kinds of stuff. So I'm constantly out there on that. Sounds to me like you don't have many reasons to leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. You live thirty That's yards right. from a from a nice lake, man. I'd, I'd probably I'd probably stay home too. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely blessed to to have this this right here because there's there's a lot of people that travel out of state and stuff and come come out here. So it's it's definitely hard to beat. Well, plus being on the road however many months a year, I mean, I'm sure whenever you get your time off, it, it's probably nice to stay home and instead of turning around and heading right back on the road. You know, I get yeah, it. 100%, 100%. So Caleb, when you, when you're out, um, duck hunting, are you hunting it? Is your blind, it, do you have like a boat blind? Are you taking it out to a blind, uh, that you have set up somewhere? Are you hunting? Like you have, you hunt off the lake, you said, is that how that, how you operate out there? Yeah. So for the most part we hunt, man, we hunt all public land. So we, we rough it pretty good. So. We hunt a lot of sloughs, flooded timber, flooded areas off of off of rivers, off the lake, pretty much for the most part. So not much hunting out of the boat. We usually will run, run through the lake, run up a river, run up a creek somewhere, park on the side of the river, and then we're usually walking anywhere from 200 yards to 1,000 yards to wherever. I mean, we stay chasing them wherever they go. We, we are always trying to find them, so... We'll rough it pretty hard, but yeah, I mean, my favorite spot around here is a nice little area back in the woods where the water's kind of ran over into it. And I mean, you're talking ankle deep water and a bunch of acorns on the ground, boy, there'll be thousands of mallards packed in, packed in somewhere. And that's about as good as it gets. So that's definitely my favorite, favorite thing to do around here. I know out here in California, we have a ton of ducks, but it, it sounds like what a better place to be if you got thousands of mallards packed in, where else would you want to go? You know? Yeah, exactly. Now I see you have a lab. It looks like, right? Yes. Now, d- did you train your dog yourself on ducks, or is that something that you had 
a trainer do or was that something that you worked closely with? No, I did it. I did it all myself. And man, that's honestly what, what made me fall, fall so hard in love with, with duck hunting. Uh, she's actually laying here right now, but yeah, I got her my sophomore year of high school and, uh, that was it. Trained her all myself, worked with her. No, I definitely wasn't perfect with her. I, I made a few mistakes and a few little things here and there, but man, she made it easy. I mean, the drive, the hunt, it was all just naturally there. A few little obedient things that I didn't really clean up, yeah. but she's heck, that's what we figured up. She's probably gotten close to five to 7,000 ducks in her life. And, uh, I can't complain one bit, but wow. yeah, she's, uh, She's been awesome, but man, I, I enjoyed training so that's, much. And that's, that's really something I even want to look into later on in my, after baseball's over is maybe getting into more because that's what it's a, it's different whenever that alarm goes off in the morning, you maybe don't feel like quite getting up and then there they are nipping at your hand, nipping at the side of your bed, ready to go. So she uh, definitely keeps me going and, and has had added a whole different view and whole different love of the, of the sport for me. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's so funny, man. I have three pointers, and I can completely relate with that because I yeah. trained all three of my pointers too. And you know, you, you get up and you get hunting, and some days you're like, "Oh, I don't want to," and then you see the drive on your dog and how much they want to hunt. And then, you know, I, I even told people the story of you know, I, I my it's pouring out, and I'm I'm like I'm done. I'm out of the woods, and my dog's standing in the cornfield, soaking wet, and like pissed at me because we have to leave. And it's like you're like, well, what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna piss the dog off. So that's I'm completely relatable with that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and that's I mean, I don't even care to take a gun anymore. You know, I don't need to shoot. Don't need to do anything. I'm perfectly fine. Just just taking my dogs out there and just watching them work and letting everybody else have fun. So that's that's what I enjoy more than anything. Yeah, that's awesome, Caleb. So. Um, do you get to do any, do you do any hunting through the baseball, through the baseball season at all? Do you have any opportunities to hunt? Or are you pretty tied up? I do not. We, we are hooked up. So I will go to spring training the end of February and from like March 3rd all the way till October, we are going every single day. Our schedule is right now in the minor leagues, we play six game series. So we play Tuesday through Sunday and then we have Mondays off. So, and a lot of those Mondays, sometimes wow. we'll be traveling and going back and forth there. So yeah, not a whole lot of free time. I, I've never, never done any hunting during the season or anything. And that's what I always talk about is I've never even gotten to go turkey hunting in the, you know, the spring turkey hunting. It's always something that really looks fun and I've always really wanted to do, but never gotten the chance to. Yeah, Caleb, I, uh, you know, like I, like I mentioned, I, it's a little bit different for me, obviously dealing with younger kids and obviously the the talent level is a, a little bit different. Um, but you know, it's a, uh, it's an absolute grind, man. So, you know, what's, uh, what's your training look like during your season? And then, uh, you kind of talk about that and then how you transition into to different training aspects in your off season to kind of prepare, um, are, are you doing more of, you know, recovery stuff and trying to maintain during season? Or are you hitting it pretty hard in the weight room or just kind of, kind of touch on what that looks like? Yeah, so during the season, when we go to spring training, the month of March, we'll hit it pretty hard. And then, man, like I said, with that schedule, so basically once we get out to our full season affiliate, it's uh, it used to be really more of a maintain, just kind of maintenance uh, routine, I would say. But uh, it's definitely starting to transition more. So with me being a catcher, 
I don't, I'm not out there catching all six games a series. So I'd catch two, maybe three days a week. So once I kind of just get that schedule lined out, because a lot of times they'll keep us with the same pitcher, so you'll kind of know. So really during the during the season, I still try to hit at least like two big lifts a week. I will uh, usually try to do like a big upper and like a big lower and then throw in just kind of a, a maintenance day. But really, I'm in the weight room every single day, riding the bike, stretching out, rolling out, all kinds of stuff like that. Because if you don't do that stuff, I feel like that's really when you know, those end of the year, July, August, September months come, that's when your body will really start to, to deteriorate and uh, start to fall apart on you. So really the maintenance is huge. And man, my first couple of years, we didn't really, they didn't focus on so much as those big lifts or getting there and lifting hard because nobody wanted to be sore. And so just maintaining And man, I lost a lot of strength throughout the season because you go April through September without really hitting any big lifts, you're going to lose a lot of your strength and and a lot of weight too. But, uh, so now I try to just maintain my weight more than anything. You know, I really, really work hard during the off season. So I got home now, I'll probably take about a week or two off here and then man, start hitting it really hard four or five days a week in the gym. And I lost probably about 20, 25 pounds throughout the season. So, uh, really going to try to build that back up and get my weight back up and just get as strong as I can. And then whenever I go back to, uh, to spring training, just try to keep that, keep that weight up and keep that strength up throughout the season. So that's really kind of just the, the routine I'd say we go through is, you know, get as strong as you can during the off season and then try to maintain that strength as best you can during the, during the full season. Yeah, that's great stuff, man. Yeah, I actually uh, – it's funny you say that. I actually – I coach our catcher, so that's uh, – I'm going to have to try to pick your brain some. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. What kind of uh, what what kind of emphasis do you put on, like, your uh, your stretching, hip mobility, uh, you know, things like that? Man, every single day. I uh, It's just – it's Absolutely. become second nature. Every day I show up to the ballpark, I get there about probably an hour earlier than I should and uh, get in there – get changed, go straight to the weight room, man. I'll, I'll hit the bike for 15, 20 minutes, and then it's straight hip mobility circuit, upper mobility circuit, getting everything all stretched out, ready to go. And that's just, it'll suck for about a month, you know, just kind of in there going through it. But then once you just get in that routine, it's it's really nice. And, man, it uh, it just becomes second nature. And this this year, honestly, as a catcher, was the first year I went through with no hip issues. Because a lot of people think catchers like your knees, yeah. your knees, but man, it is it's hips more than anything. So, luckily this year, man, just mm-hmm. through through stretching. But then again, I feel like you can overdo it too. Because I went through some phases of where I was overdoing my hip mobility and uh, irritating my hips more than anything, and that was causing them to hurt. So, definitely a fine line. But man, if you just develop a small little routine, you just go in there and knock out every day. That'll really really take toll in a good way on as the season goes. Yeah. I think the key thing too, that you just hit on was a routine, you know, especially with me, you know, I've got high school level guys and the best thing that I ever did was a couple of years ago, I implemented a bunch of uh, different progressions. You know, we have a receiving progression, a blocking progression. We have a stretching routine. They go through, I mean, every single day they, it's, that's their pregame while everybody else is getting loose. I mean, it's, it's, it's a routine and it's, our guys have improved tremendously just 
becoming more mobile and they're they're a lot better in the weight room because their hip mobility is so much better and we've uh you know like you said you think about a catcher you know you're getting you're getting beat up quite a bit and a lot of people put that emphasis on the legs but it's really it's your hip mobility and your hip flexors and and how comfortable can you be when you're uncomfortable you know so that's good stuff man it's awesome yeah yeah 100 yeah and i i'm always taken back to i'm a, I'm a big uh giants fan here you know outside san francisco giants and you know we've had buster posey forever and just seeing the longevity of his career you know and seeing what he was capable of doing for so long um it's really impressive what you know it just seems like as the catchers maybe more so than everybody take the most beating on their bodies you know maybe throughout the year i could be totally wrong about that but you're up and down you're left you're right you know it's just kind of a you know, very active position to be playing. And so uh, compared to playing out in the outfield and stuff, you know, you obviously you need um, a lot of those fast twitch muscles, you know, activating all the time, you know. And um, but I think about the knees, too, as a catcher. But hearing you say that, I mean, I struggle myself with some hip mobility stuff and it sucks when, you know, you got something fired up in there. But um, with the amount of up and down and everything you're doing, I can totally see how um, have it being flexible and getting those pigeon stretches in and you see the pros doing it all the time. You show up early, you know, you're one of them. You show up early at a game. They're all just going through their routine and you know, they're doing the same thing probably every single day at the same time before the game, ready to rock and roll just so they're at their kind of peak performance before the game. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on, spot on right there. But, it's uh... uh you know, you're going to need that throughout your career, you know, and you got to keep it, keep it going while you're young. Right. And so uh, what I'd love to know, uh, Caleb is kind of how, what was your, uh, what was your, your journey like, you know, obviously you played, you know, little league, I imagine high school ball, what did it look like for you? Yeah. Get so to I where started, you're at right now. I started here playing little league baseball, man. That's something I talk about all the time now, especially I do a lot of lessons with, with kids and stuff, but I played here in Shakota little league about when I was four years old, started T-ball coach pitch, kid pitch. And uh, my dad was huge on – we played every sport, football, baseball, basketball. Going to a smaller school, you kind of have to to be competitive, you know. Everybody does. And so it wasn't like you see nowadays. I didn't play baseball year-round and 100 travel games a year, you know. So I played little league coach pitch, kid pitch, till I was probably 12 or 14. And then I'd say about 14, I started playing a little bit of a little bit of travel ball. You know, we'd go to some tournaments on the weekends and and do that stuff. And then – I came, uh, went to high school, and it's probably my junior or senior year of high school. I was a four-year starter at catcher. So junior or senior year of high school, man, I had I had football really going well for me, and I had baseball really going well. And football was where my heart was. I absolutely loved football. It was There's just not much better than going out there and hitting somebody on a Friday night. So I uh, Hell yeah. yep. was die, die hard in love with that, but uh, – I uh, started to realize, you know, okay, I've, I've got a good chance for a future here. And uh, where do I see myself potentially playing in the in the big leagues? So I was like, all right, probably definitely baseball over football. So started to really focus on baseball. I uh, had a few college football offers and uh, really nothing major for, for baseball. I had a few, few JUCOs and a few Division II. So luckily the JUCO that was really here close to my town has a absolute phenomenal coach great 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 school lots of success so that's where I decided to go 
got to ended up making money to go there. So mom and dad were really happy about that. But uh, went there for two years and man, my first year I had an opportunity to go in the draft. And uh, actually with the Giants were one of the, the big teams after me. But I kind of just put a number a little bit higher than I thought anybody would go to for the draft. And then it ended up happening. So I went back to junior college and then had the same thing after my second year at JUCO, you know, had some opportunities in the draft, but didn't, uh, didn't feel like, uh, it was worth leaving school early, not going on and getting an education. So got a scholarship out of JUCO to go play at, at Virginia, went there, um, had a great junior year, phenomenal junior year. Everything was going good. Got a, uh, got a call around the 11th round from the New York Mets. I had just kind of long story short, I had ended the year a little rough and just had a lot of, oh, I don't really know how to explain it. I felt like I had a lot of unfinished business at Virginia. You know, I didn't like the way I ended the season. I was on a tear and then like the last couple of weeks, I really struggled. We went to a regional, just had a rough time hitting and uh, just didn't feel like I had left it all, left it all out there like I wanted to. So. Me and my coach had a talk, and I promised him I wouldn't go in the draft for under two hundred thousand dollars. So the Mets called me in eleventh round, offering one fifty. Told him no, I wouldn't go for less than two hundred. They didn't do that, so I ended up going back to Virginia for my senior year. So went back there, started off great year, everything's going great. Then uh, we were playing down in Miami, and this was probably in oh, early April, and uh, playing down there and. I got hit by pitch, three at-bats in a row, and then third at-bat, fastball runs in. It was like 90, 94, something like that. No. Runs in, hits my hand, broken hand. Oh, yeah. no. Bad, bad deal. Tried to play through it. Tried to play through it. Wasn't going good. Finally just had to pretty much just hang it up and just let it heal. I quit catching because I couldn't catch the ball. So I played first probably 20, 25 games. Couldn't hit the ball. My <laughs> I wouldn't hit BP all week, wouldn't touch a bat all week, try to let the hand heal up, let it rest a little bit, and then step in the box Friday night against the ACC starter. And boy, that was no fun at all. So yeah, it's tough. grinded that out, <laughs> grinded that out, finally got healthy, and uh, draft come, no calls, no offers in the draft. So luckily I had a friend who, or actually a kid who had went to our, my rival high school who was playing some indie ball and uh, he had hit up his coach and he gave me a call. And, you know, so I was like, I want to go, if I'm going to go out, I want to go out playing, you know, I'm healthy now. I'm going to go finish the summer. I'll go play indie ball. If any affiliated opportunities happen, I'll do that. So made the decision. I drive eight hours to Evansville, Indiana, get up there, move in with the host family wake up the next morning to go sign with that team and get ready to play with them. I wake up, I get out of the shower and I have like 10 missed calls on my phone from my coaches at Virginia from a number I didn't have. So I get on my phone, I call back my coach at Virginia and he's like, Hey, did you talk to the Cub scout? It's like, no, he's like, well, you better call him. So I call him back and he's like, answers the phone. He's like, Hey, do you want to be a Chicago Cub? I was like, you better believe it. He said, all right. He said, we're going to sign you. He said, we're so happy to have you and uh, et cetera. And then so I loaded all my stuff up and drove right back eight hours home and then flew out to Arizona a couple weeks later and 
been going at it since I've, I started, uh, I've been triple a double a, I was in triple a and double a a lot last year, uh, high a this whole year, just uh man bouncing around playing wherever they need me and just, just grinding away, trying to get a shot at the, at the big leagues. So that's my story. Hell yeah, man, dude. That gives me goosebumps hearing you say that. Cause I think it's like every young boy's dream to freaking make it to, you know, that ever played baseball, you know, to make it to the big leagues. And there's so many routes and avenues to make it there, but that is so fucking awesome, dude. I mean, I'm super stoked to kind of just be following along and to just, you know, to kind of get this insight from you. I saw Bobby over there salivating when you mentioned the Mets because he was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm upset now, man. I'm upset you didn't you were a Met, man. No, I know. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you could be here right now. Yeah, man. I'd but be your no, host house. Awesome. No, it wasn't. It wasn't an ideal situation for me, but, uh, but man, I couldn't be more thankful for the Cubs. You know, they've they've taken such good care of me, and I uh, gave me lots of opportunities. And it wasn't your typical route, you know. But they uh, definitely fell in love with them, and and I uh, really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the, I think the, oh, sorry. I think the lesson learned from all that too, man. It just sounds to me like you were very persistent and what you wanted to do. And like you said, I mean, if you're healthy, you want to go out playing. You know, you don't want to quit because of an injury or whatever it may be and it sounds to me like it worked out for the for the better man it's, it's a, glad you uh you stuck it out and it's great that's one thing i tell uh tell all my kids and and tell everybody now is uh if you just show up to the field every day and just be a great person and a great teammate and just take care of business and control what you can that'll get you so much further in this game than talent ever will so that's 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 my big thing because i I've played with so many people way talent, way more talented than me and and uh, just watch them, you know, get released, leave, quit, be done with the game. So, and just be a good person. It'll take you take you a long ways, not just baseball, but, but everything. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think the thing too, man, I mean, I, I tell my tell my guys all the time that you know, like you said, show up, you know, work hard and, you know, especially the guys that just stay in high school and, you know, nobody five years from now, even two years from now is going to remember what they did on a night in April, but they're going to remember what kind of person they were and if they were a good teammate or not and how hard of a worker they were and if, if they were trusted and, you know, things like that. That's the stuff that, you know, talent only gets you so far. You know, now you find guys that have talent and, and have that same mentality that it sounds like you have. That's when, you know, that's when you see the results of, you know, you're able to play baseball for a living, you know? So when you, when you get those, you get the guys that work hard and have that, you know, hard nosed mentality, but they also got a little bit of talent mixed in too. And that's, that's when you get the players that are really special. Yes, sir. As a coach, as a coach, that's the guys we want <laughs> clearly. hundred percent. Absolutely. And, and another thing that I, you know, really appreciate Caleb is the fact that, you know, here you are, you're, you're a collegiate athlete, you know, you're a junior and not only that, but you started in a JUCO school, you know, and you just kind of progressed your way. You just kept grinding, you make it to, you know, a big school. And even after your junior year, you've got some offers here and there, but you still felt like, Hey, there's, there's still more I need to do here. You knew that you weren't done yet at Virginia and that you still had more things that you needed to accomplish. Uh, you know, it just shows your drive, you know, and, and, you know, your integrity to kind of push and, and, 
you're obviously a good dude. I mean, I think good things happen to good people and, and those guys and kids that are out there striving to, to make dreams come true. I mean, that's how you do it. That's really how you do it. So it's really respectable. Yes, sir. Thank you. Caleb, I got to ask. So when you were younger and you were playing T-ball and everything, what was your team and what was your vision like? Like, what, did you want to play like, I want to be a Yankee, I want to be in pinstripes, or would you always just wanted to play baseball? What was your go-to? Man, so, yeah, I did. I, uh, Me and my little brother, we grew up, and, I mean, we played, did everything. But it was it was about eight years old. We, uh, we went to my first ever big league game. We went down. So being from Oklahoma, we obviously don't have – any baseball teams or anything. So we went down to Texas or to Dallas and watched the Texas Rangers and they were playing the, the Boston Red Sox. And I, uh, bottom of the 11th bases loaded. I think Boston's winning seven to four and Alex Rodriguez comes up. And I mean, I was the kid too. I'm not, I'm not at the ball game to play around. You know, I sat in my seat and I was locked in that for 11 innings. Anyways, Alex Rodriguez comes up, two strikes, two outs, and hits a walk-off grand slam into the second deck, and the place was sold out. That was when wow. Nomar Garcia Parra was there, and uh, man, it was it was from the, I remember that day like it was yesterday, and it was from that day I was like, okay, like there is nothing cooler in this world than hitting a walk-off grand slam right there and watch. I mean, just people going nuts, and it was just the fireworks, the lights. It was. It was from that day. I was like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. So, man, from then on, it was just, let's go. That's awesome. It's just a typical, like, your Sandlot moment right there. Like, that's what it's just the fireworks, <laughs> 4th of July game, everything going on. That's that's amazing right there. I think uh, I think any any little kid, too, man, you look at T-ball and things like that, or even any youth sport, you all kind of have that, the moment where the light switch just comes on and you're like, man, this is awesome. You know, I mean, I can look back and, you know, some of my fondest memories as a kid was I was either at some ball field with dad or in the, in, in the woods or, you know, fishing at the river or whatever. But, you know, I've, being in, in Kentucky, you know, the closest MLB team to me is the Reds. So I'm a big Reds fan. I know you're a, you're a, a cubby. So, but, uh, you know, I, as a little kid, I remember growing up and going to the ball field for my games, and I wanted to be Barry Larkin. You know, I mean, it's just I just thought Barry Larkin was the coolest guy in the world, man. Pete Rose, all those old Reds from the Big Red Machine. You know, it's just good stuff. But oh yeah, man, for sure, that's uh, that's awesome. Nothing cooler than hitting a walk off grand slam, that's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. So Caleb, so you know, obviously, you know, you kind of gave us a glimpse of what you know your career leading up to this, up to where you're at now. So what? What's it like um, where you're at now? So what what is the process to, you know, get called up to the big leagues? I think that's something that a lot of us don't, you know, we see it happen and stuff. And we know that, you know, everybody has their, um, you know, their their double A, triple A teams and they can kind of pick from. But then you kind of see like a shuffling or, of around, you know, where maybe, uh, you know, you go to a different team or like, how does that work? Like, what what is how is that like operating throughout the year when guys are getting called up? You know, you're working hard to hopefully get an opportunity to maybe get called up when there's a need for you. Um, what's that like for you and how does it, what does it look like? Yeah. So obviously you have your, your big league team and then we'll just talk about like the higher, higher, more advanced, but then you, so you got triple A, double A, high A. And, uh, 
you know, most of your guys in double A AA and triple A are for the most part big league ready. Just just need at bats, need consistency. Especially at double A. Double A is more on the border. Some guys are probably pretty close. Some guys need more development. But man, I was in triple A for about we had a ton, I think we had four or five catchers get hurt last year. So I was lucky enough to be in AAA for about two months. And uh, AAA is basically just a holding ground. You know, it's it's all – I played a game in AAA last year, and I looked out on the whole field, and I was the only player on the field starting that day that hadn't played in the big leagues. So, you know, we had all kinds really? of guys out there that had numerous seasons in the big leagues. So uh, it's just definitely a holding ground and waiting on injury, you know. And just like with my situation, we got uh, Wilson Contreras up there right now who's an all-star. So depending on whether they re-sign him or what goes on there, I mean, basically I just kinda, I'm just kind of hanging out and really just trying to, trying to move up, you know, have, have success in AA, have success in AAA, and really just control what you can control because mm-hmm. – if I go out there every day, if I catch a good game, take care of my pitchers, and hit the ball fairly well, I it'll keep you around, and you're just, I mean, waiting on that chance, you know, waiting on the right injuries. And then just like you you kind of hit on too is a lot of guys will get impatient, especially in AAA. So say say you have a guy that's caught two or three years in the big leagues, and he's, he's with the Iowa Cubs right now, and Wilson's up there catching every day, and he may go into the office and say, hey, all right, I, I don't see myself going up anytime. I don't want to waste any time here. Can I get my release? And then they'll release them. They'll go out, and then, hey, the Reds will be like, hey, we need a catcher. So-and-so just got hurt. So then they'll sign him, and then, boom, he's catching every day in the big leagues. So a lot of that shuffling, really, in AAA, stuff like that, just just where it's a need. You know, it's a, it takes a lot of luck, a lot of being at the right place, right time. So I have one more full season, and then I will be considered a free agent. So – the Cubs re-signed me, they do. If not, maybe there's a need for catcher somewhere else. Somebody else needs one. But just kind of hanging out, waiting for that time and that opportunity, you know, and just doing whatever I can until then. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, it really is. It really is good stuff. And I can only imagine what it's like and the pressure that comes with that, you know. But, you know, you've you've shown it throughout your career, just being persistent and being present and just doing – controlling what you can control, you know. Um that's what it's all about. I hear my wife screaming in the background because she's a huge 49er fan and she's out there freaking out right now because they must have scored a touchdown. I hope you guys can't hear that. <laughs> no, but I love your persistence, man. I love it. It's great. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool to get an insight on what it's like, you know, in, in the big leagues, you know, because a lot of us don't don't really get that. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's changed a lot. I mean, I kind of caught it at a weird time because I caught baseball pre-COVID and then baseball post-COVID, and you know, and then during that COVID year, they eliminated 100, 120 minor league teams, basically eliminated a whole level. So it's a uh, man before COVID, things moved slow. You were you went to an affiliate, you were there all year, you proved yourself for a whole year, then you might get promoted the next year. But man, now the way things work this year, I mean, I had three guys that started on my team in High A and South Bend that. We're in the big leagues this year, you know, three pitchers and uh, all three of them are pitching in the big leagues in July and August. So that was, that's, that's really cool. But man, if you start having success, you get hot and with the, and something else is the analytics of it nowadays. I mean, if 
the computers and these algorithms and all this stuff, if it likes what you're doing, that's going to push you even further too, you know, especially on the pitching side. If all your numbers on your fastball and your slider show that you're big league ready, then you can just prove you have control at affiliates and boom, you'll fly through and that'll get you to the big leagues fast as well. So it's really a different time, you know, things are kind of changing, but now's the good time to, to be a minor leaguer, I would say, because man, you catch a hot streak and you're in the right place. You can fly through quick and, and get up there. Yeah, Caleb, what, uh, you know, you, you talked about some of the analytics and things like that. Um, you know, what's the one part of, uh, of your game as a catcher that you think, um, you know, some of the guys in the, in the big leagues that uh, would be possibly calling you up in your organization or another organization? What are some things that they, that they look at? They look at just your, your overall play, your hitting or being a good receiver and getting strikes called or controlling the run game or, you know, what, what's the main thing you think they look at or is it kind of a, a general of everything or just kind of touch on that? Man, every every organization is really different. With the okay. with the Cubs, I, I say they want they want something all around. Like like Contreras, I mean, he's he's a great one to look at. He's going to go up there, he's going to hit for power, and he's gonna he's going to call a great game, and he catches the ball pretty dang well. So I would say we focus on number one. Our, so our motto is catch a win and go one for four at the plate. So we definitely we put mm-hmm. hitting on the back burner. Oh yeah, we don't really focus on on anything too much. Uh, receiving's definitely been a bigger emphasis lately. So I would definitely mm-hmm. say receiving, blocking, and then catch and throw. You know, do all yeah. three of those aspects. But number one thing we're that's pounded into us is hey, it don't matter. Take care of those pitchers. Call nine innings of shutout baseball, one run baseball, and get them through. I mean, that's the biggest thing that that we're preached to. But then we, we play organizations like the Twins, for example. The, they take a hitter. They, they want somebody that can hit, and they put them back there on one knee, and they're like, hey, catch it. Teach them how to it. catch. Block, yeah. yeah. Okay. Block what you can. Yeah. You know? So there's oh, orgs yeah. that do that as well. But definitely us with the Cubs, we're, we're win the game, get to pit, take care of your pitcher first, and then, mm-hmm. hey, if you're one for four, one for three with a walk, that's a great day as long as you won the game. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest emphasis I, I preach to our guys is to to be a great receiver, get strikes called, and control the run game, and keep the ball from going to the backstop, and then everything else is a bonus. You know, I think uh, you know we go to a lot of like the the national baseball clinics. I don't know if you ever ever been to one of those or not, but it's it's basically it's baseball heaven pretty much. It's all the biggest names they're talking and. You know, even in the last five, six years since I've been been coaching, you know, the biggest emphasis as far as catching that I've seen that's kind of evolved uh, from back in the day is a really big emphasis on being a good receiver, getting strikes called. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, the one-knee approach. Um, do you go one knee out of a primary stance or both? Yeah, yeah, that's something. No, I've, I, caught, I caught two feet my whole career mm-hmm. until pro ball and I've slowly transitioned yeah. into the one knee just for the longevity, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. At first it was like, no, that's lazy. I don't want to do it, but heck why not? I can sit on one knee. I can be lower. I can receive a lower strike better. Yeah. I can receive a ball below the zone better and I can still throw and block. I mean, you got a good pitcher with good command. I can sit back there on one knee all day, you know? Oh, now yeah. when you get guys with not so good command and stuff like that, that's when you got to start incorporating more of a, two foot stance too, just to maybe block some yank pitches mm-hmm. or something. But man, 
yeah, one knee is definitely the way to go because you can just receive. You give the umpire such a better view. I think you're mm. so much better of a receiver off one knee. You know, now of, of course with the guys that I'm that I'm dealing with, you know, the the pure you know high level athleticism isn't always there because obviously it's a high school kid in Eastern Kentucky. You know, um, some kids can can do some different things, but I go uh, one knee in a primary stance and then secondary stance. We don't do anything off a knee just because it's really hard for our, our guys to, to block laterally throw and things off a one knee approach, you know? So we go, basically we do both. We go, we go one knee and it's, it's been great for our guys. It's, it's, it's been a game changer for us. It's exactly, exactly what I do with my, the high school kids I work with too is one knee primary all day, but you get two strikes, you get a runner on, better be up ready to go absolutely heck yeah sounds like i'm doing it right then that's good (laughs) yes sir (laughs) sounds like i'm not sounds like i'm not screwing my guys up too bad (laughs) not at all not yet (laughs) it's you know it's really neat sitting here and being able to talk with you and a while back ago i don't know if anybody else remembers this um Pete Alonzo was on Meat Eaters, and I saw that episode, mm-hmm. and I watched it, and I was like, man, I, I'm a diehard Met fan, and I never knew Pete Alonzo hunted or anything like that or took any of the interest. So having you on here was really cool to me because I, it shows that you know, you guys are ball players, but you also have the sides of us that are more relatable, and to me, you know, I, I think that's really neat that we can – humanize you guys more and you know we see you from the stands and everything like that and i I just uh can't thank you enough for taking the time here and really dissecting everything and that you have to say and showing us uh that that there's more to everything out there obviously baseball is a huge part of your life but there's more things that you enjoy doing and everything so that's uh really awesome to hear oh yeah no 100 percent, and i appreciate it i i love being on here love getting to have this conversation yep we'll definitely have to i mean Depending on your busy baseball schedule, we'll definitely have to get you back on here. We'll have to uh, talk a little bit more, maybe get into some hunts that you have coming up or anything like that, and then we can kind of, you know, really uh, grasp on your hunting side and everything like that. That'd be really awesome to have you back on here. Oh yeah, yeah, we need to do that for sure because I have been been working on drawing for an elk hunt in Wyoming, and uh, I am so pumped for that. But that is something I have never done. Have no experience, but man, I'm I'm ready to get into it. Heck yeah! Well, now we're now we're gonna have to team up and all hunt together. Now I feel like <laughs> we got team members all over, man. So uh, it'd be really cool to get you out and hunting if you're ever, you know, even hey, if you if you're ever out here playing against the Mets or anything like that, just shoot me a text or something. We'll do a pheasant hunt one night or something if you're still around. So you always got an offer over in this area if you ever need a a good hunt. That's for sure. I know Scotty will do the same out in Cali yeah. or any of us. Same so. here, man. Same here. Oh yeah. And if y'all ever well, come through Oklahoma yeah. anything at all, shoot me shoot me a text, shoot me a holler, anything at all. Would love to love to do the same. Heck yeah, man. That sounds great. Hey, next time the Mets play the Cubs, I'm wearing your jersey there. So I'll just say Sounds like a plan. That was awesome, man. I really appreciate it. I would, yeah, I, I would really say appreciate you taking the time, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we uh, wrap things up here, Caleb, uh, tell us a little bit about Bullpen Outdoors. Is is that just you and some buddies, or tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, man. So it's something that uh, I've always bombarded my, my personal page with uh, 
with all my hunt and stuff and content and everything. And, you know, and I feel like I'm always watching like, okay, I've posted four or five things this week, you know, take it easy. So I finally just was like, all right. So <laughs> I, I sent a message to a few of my buddies that I hunt a lot with I'm like, Hey, we're going to start this page. I was like, I'm going to start it. We're just going to post everything, whatever we see. And I was like, you know, it becomes what it becomes. I, I don't know what it will become. We're probably going to try to just get like a, a little hoodie and a shirt or a hoodie and a hat out or something. But uh, I'll definitely uh, send you one if we do that. But man, I don't know. It could be something later on if I want to do something further with dogs, if we want to do clothing. I mean, who knows? If we invent something, we have no idea. So just kind of building a base thing, sharing some content, just putting out whatever, having fun with it. And whatever it becomes, it becomes. But no, we're having a lot of fun with it. The guys are absolutely loving it. We've, we've, we're doing pretty good. That's great. That's great. And to all of our listeners, get out there. Uh, definitely go follow Bullpen Outdoors. Follow Caleb Knight. Um, but uh, when, every time I see Bullpen pop up, I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome because Caleb's out there just getting after it right now, you know. And I know, you know, just from tagging along, you know, you've been real successful. You had a great season, and uh, it's fun to see you getting out, getting after it out there with your dog. And uh, I know it, duck season open. You said it's an early teal season. Duck season is it open out there yet? Not yet. We open up uh, November 12th, so about a month. Yeah, nice, nice. It opens up here in about two weeks here in California, so everybody's on pins and needles waiting for that date. Oh, yeah, ready to go. Well, I think that was awesome, man. I definitely think we should get you back on here again. We'll talk more in depth about your uh, the hunt inside. We'll talk about the bullpen outdoors. I think that's great stuff right there. Uh, where can people follow? I guess, do you want everyone to follow you at the uh, Instagram bullpen outdoors? Come check that out for sure. So make sure all our listeners head over to there and check out bullpen the bullpen outdoors. Yeah, so we appreciate the hell out of you guys, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one.